Hey, Peaceniks. Today's guest is Al Morrington. He is cannabis activist, CBD educator, holistic health advisor, and you can go check out his products on myfitlife.net. He offers uh, the offer code WELCOME15 to get 15% off your first purchase. So um, we talk about cannabis, we talk about legalization, we talk about, he talks in depth about the endocannabinoid system and how these products, CBD and THC products can help people. And we talked about, you know, we talk, we go all over the place with this conversation. I was, it was a great person to talk to. I really enjoyed talking with him. And um, again, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. So let's just go ahead and dive right into this. America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug Drugs abuse. are menacing our society. Your thoughts on the drug problem? I had a great time doing drugs. So tonight, from our family to yours, from our home to yours, thank you for joining us. This is the piece on drugs. On drugs. All right. Well, Al, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Aaron. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Yeah, thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, excited to be here. Cool. Sure. I see all you have your CBD products and everything behind you. Is that what I'm seeing? Yeah, there's C- mostly CBD, some Himalayan salt. <laughs> <laughs> I see that too. Very cool. So where, where are you joining me from? Uh, Buckeye, Arizona. Arizona. It's hot out there, huh? Yep, yep. Yeah, I was supposed to go visit my buddy in Phoenix. Um, he's in Yuma. Uh, border patrol but i was gonna visit him in phoenix and um it's like 115 in july let's wait till like november yeah <laughs> yep yep and you just went to colorado right yeah i did i went to colorado to, uh, that was from a concert that we booked in like, 2020 got rescheduled to 2021 and then rescheduled to this year so finally got to go right on awesome yep that was fun we had a great time went to aspen my buddy well snowmass my buddy lives up there so we took independence pass have you been up, up to colorado um, I've, I've only been there for, I, I went there to, to a hemp farm. Oh, that's cool. I actually wanted to do a cannabis tour. There was so much I wanted to do. There's this really cool psychedelic art museum in Denver uh, called Meow Wolf. And just, we had, we were so just exhausted by the end of the trip that half the things you wanted to do, we didn't do. We just you know sat around for a while. It was just exhausting. But yeah, Independence Pass was beautiful. It was like, this is mountain road that goes way up in the top of the mountains, uh, up to like, I want to say 11,000 feet, but, um, a few parts were just terrifying. Like you're just on a, on a little road and right beside you is instant death. And like, there's cars just going 45 <laughs> miles an hour. I'm driving like 20, just like both hands on the wheel. Like, Oh, but uh, it was really beautiful though. Right on. That's awesome. So, um, so tell me about your business. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. Um, you, for your uh, guest tags here, I found your pod match at cannabis and uh, CBD. So I like to talk about some of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, my, my deal is, um, you know, I've been a holistic health practitioner for um, over 30 years, and I've been in cannabis for the same amount of time since 1987. And um, I uh, have glaucoma, and I it's advanced, and I eventually went blind from glaucoma, and I got my vision back with cannabis oils. Wow. So, so that that's my that's my big deal. I, I developed the formulations, and... Um, I started the CBD company and created a high CBD version, you know, of that that could be sold all over. And, and now we help people all over the country. Wow. That's amazing. So, so let's, well, tell me about that. So, so you started using cannabis at 87. Now, was this all you had to do it just on the black market or did you have like special a medical grant or? Um, no, I, I've, I've been uh, professionally involved with cannabis since 1987. So I've been selling it since then. And, um, you know, all, all through the wars and all that kind of stuff, you know, so I, I've, I've been part of that um, on the front lines um, all my adult life. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you were just, you were selling it illegally. I mean, that's how you had to, right? Yeah. All across the country, like, like a large scale. Awesome. I, I interviewed Jimmy Fritz, uh, ethical confessions of an ethical drug dealer. And that's what we talked about. He's like, there's drugs that are ethical and that people need. And if you can get them a safe supply of it, that's an ethical way to do it. And I agree because I mean, people need cannabis and not just for health reasons. Some people enjoy it recreationally and it's much safer than having alcohol. So, yeah, for sure. Yep. Yep. And then there's people like me that like, like if I stop taking my um, oils, then my vision starts to break apart in 24 hours and I go blind in less than a week. Holy so, shit. so, so I, so I, I can't be a day without it. 
Wow. And, and is, is CBD, is, is that the main chemical that, that it, helps you out? No, it's a, it's, it's the whole plant extraction. It's a, it's an ethanol extraction, you know, um, mm-hmm. and, and it's a, it's basically like a, like a, like a Rick Simpson oil or full extract cannabis oil. If you ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. And, and um, that, that's, that's a, a, it's a, it's a, like an old school style extraction, you know, like, like with, with a, with a food grade alcohol, it's an ethanol extraction. Gotcha. And it's, um, it's a whole plant extraction. It's different than what you see on the market with the, like the distillates and the, and all, all the different like sauces and all that kind of stuff, all the different mm-hmm. kinds of oils that they're making and the, you know, and, and, and the presses and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's much different than that. It has a uh, dual polarity, um, uh, when you extract the oil, like, like, the, like both polar and non-polar constituents come out of the, out of the plant, uh, which meaning like fat soluble and water soluble vitamins and, and other phytonutrients. And that's not true with any other kind of extraction process. So I need the, the cannabinoids, you know, the full cannabinoid profile. Um, we've created a CBD version of cannabis plants that has that, that, that'll, um, produce less, uh, that 0.3% or less. So, and they're grown on hemp farms, so they could legally be called hemp, but they have a full cannabinoid profile, like the CBD, CBC, THC, CBG, and uh, are, are the main ones I, that I look for. And then we create the oil out of that. And it took me two years to figure out a high CBD version after figuring out the THC version. Gotcha. So you put the THC version in your eyes, you'll, you'll feel the effects from it. I imagine. No, no I, I take it orally. Oh, you take it orally. Oh, so you don't put it in your eyes at all. No, <laughs> that, makes yeah, yeah, more sense. that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, people. Uh, that's where the eye doctors have it wrong. You know, they they they're having people put stuff in their eyes and doing eye surgeries and all that stuff, and none of it works. Ah, uh, yeah. So, so it's just medicine basically, and it and it works. And it's uh, but do you, so we obviously then you do feel the effects of the THC when you use those, but the CBD ones are they they work the same for you? The CBD? Yeah, that for glaucoma it actually works better. Um, there are some things that the THC, the high THC version will work better for. And then I can, I can indica will work better for something than, than, than a sativa, you know, but, um, and, and that kind of a thing, but the C for, for whatever reason, the CBD version works better on glaucoma. And that the cool thing about it too, is like even people with cancer or whatever, you know, or some kind of hardcore condition that they're trying to either just get relief from or, or try to overcome they don't want to do the high THC version uh, all the time because it, it blasts you, you know, and you can't take it throughout the day. Right. So you could, you could take this during the day and the other at night if you want to, you know, you know, mm-hmm. you could mix it up. That's a lot of people will do that. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. It's uh, and so with your CBD, um, because if you're below 0.03, you can ship that to states that don't have med- medical, correct? Yep. Yeah, that's so exactly that, right. Great. It's very helpful. So the, the, the original story I remember hearing with CBD, I think most people's first experience was the Charlotte's web story, right? Was that, yeah. the, that's when it kind of blew up and everybody started, well, what is this CBD? And it, so it also works miracles for seizures. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. We, we have, um, uh, a few people that have like, you know, like epilepsy and all this kind of stuff. There's one woman the first woman that we had like with that was back in 2016 and she's still on our stuff and, 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 um, off all her medications. She was on like one, two, then three that then, then they were trying to get her on her sixth medication, you know, and, and her husband just said, Hey, you're tra- you're turning my wife into a drug addict, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and then her, uh, her her uh, nephew who's like a dj whatever I, I used to be in the music scene and like, like he knew me and, and he referred and you know like a weird, weird way of getting in touch with me but um but I, I i sent her stuff put her on a protocol you know how to take it and everything and she felt immediate relief and was able to get off her medications like all of them and she doesn't seize you know it's and she was having like grand mal seizures yeah uh, that's that's amazing. It's incredible, and now I had a uh, somebody I knew that was an epileptic, and they um they tried CBD and it did not work. Now, are there CBDs that are on the market that are just not legit or just don't have the right cannabinoids? That are are people try that and then they just assume CBD doesn't work, but they just didn't try the right one. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because there's the, you know, the, the the way you grow it, you know, the, the plants, the soil, you know, like all, all our stuff is grown biodynamically, like beyond organic, you know, mm-hmm. and um, so so that matters. And then the extraction process matters. Like I said, like I mentioned, the solvent matters, you know, the, 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 it's, it's an artist type of craft, you know, so, yeah. so the per, so the person that's doing it matters. And then the, and then the formulation matters too. Like, like when, what, what you're formulated into the carrier oil, you know, like, like, a lot, like every step along the way matters as far as keeping the, you know, getting the, the, the components from the plant into the oil, you know, and, and then, and then keeping the components active, you know, so you're not, you, yes. don't, you don't kill them off. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's, that's an art form. We do have like several people that like, like there's one woman I was doing a, an event up in Salinas and at, at this bookstore and, and this woman walked up to the counter. I didn't even know her. And she pulled out six bottles of CBD, different, different brands. And I was like, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. And, uh, and she goes, yeah, she goes, she goes, I take your stuff. She goes, before I took your stuff, I tried these six brands and they, they did nothing for me. And, and yours is, is what helps me, you know, and she, and she had a weird, a weird thing. Um, uh, what do you call it? Carpal tunnel. And they wanted to do surgery on her. And she's a waitress, like at a high end restaurant, yeah. you know, so she needs that. And she was having to hire someone to carry her food for her and all this kind of stuff. But, but anyways, she took that and within like three weeks she was fine like the doctor told you you don't need surgery now and this is four years later she's still no surgery you know <laughs> yeah wow yes yeah, so, and I, i'm a guitar player so I, I worry about carpal tunnel being a problem and arthritis and stuff like that so at some point i might be um needing to use your products this is a good time for us go ahead just real quick plug your product and where people can get it um yeah it's at, at myfitlife.net myfitlife.net and we do have a, like a welcome 15 is a, like a 15% off coupon code for first time buyers too. All right. Yeah. That's basically the, I don't, I'm not a big social media guy, so that's gotcha. basically where. Cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll put a plug at the beginning of the episode also. Cause um, I have friends that have, again, tried CBD and maybe they should try, try your brand. If it's, you know, there's so yeah. many different aspects. And also I think CBD is, is a weird thing. Cause I feel like they're trying to sell it as this cure all and they're, and they're putting in stuff that doesn't make sense. Or they're like, but I'm curious, what, what's your uh, opinion or do you know anything about it actually helping with anxiety? Because I read a study that they said when they did a double blind for anxiety, that THC actually had a much bigger effect on anxiety than, than CBD itself. But people swear by CBD with, for anxiety. I, I have family member that swear by it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one of the top things, the top three things that it, that it helps with. And I've um, seen people helped with just pure crystalline CBD for anxiety, like anxiety, stress, depression, panic attacks. Um, and then also uh, a lot of them, when we started selling that full spectrum, when, when, we, when I developed that, you know, we first started with the selling the pure crystalline to the public and then, and then the, um, the full spectrum. When I, when I, when I developed that, um, almost everybody has moved over to that, you know, but but mm-hmm. CBD, uh, the, the top three things that it's known to for is uh, sleep to help with sleep, pain, and anxiety. Spa. That's that's the acronym is Spa. So um, like the the Pain Institute of Arizona, they have like six clinics across like Phoenix, uh, you know, Greater Phoenix um, area. They they um, swear by it. Like the, all the all the doctors there, they 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 tell their patients to take it, and they tell their family members to take it. Gotcha. So, so then, I mean, I trust that then for sure. Uh, so in Arizona is a, um, you, they have recreational now there, correct? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. That passed. That's awesome. Yeah. We just, we just have medical here, but the problem I have with medical, of course, is, is it is recreational for those that can afford it. And um, that's the way it's, it's sold as medical, but anybody can go in and say, I need, need it for sleep, whatever they want to want it for, they can get it. But people that can't afford it are still being arrested for it. So, yeah, but um, it, it, it is medical. Um but it's also recreational. And um, I don't know. I feel like it helps people out though, that they, they go into it for the recreational purposes and don't get me wrong. It can be abused. Uh, children that are, that are getting like, when I was in high school, we smoked so much pot. There was no way it was healthy or good for me. So it definitely can be abused, but for the, but it also led me to uh, growing as a person. And I, I think it might've actually, you know, st- stunned me a little when I was young, but once I got into my adult life, now I use, I, I use uh, cannabis and I just, I use just enough to get, you know, add a little brightness to my day. It makes me want to go to the gym, work out, makes me choose my foods better. I, if I'm drunk, it's like pizza, nachos, that's fine. But if I, if I'm now, some people swear that they get the munchies when they're high. I don't, I, I might get hungry, but I'll go get some hummus or something like that, you know, 
So I, I yeah. truly enjoy cannabis and, and you, you've obviously been involved in it since 87. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 56 now. So, um, I, I, uh, for, for whatever reason, you know, I waited till I was 21 to start smoking weed. And, and like, I, the first amount I ever bought was, was, uh, was a large amount for sale for whatever reason because the, the first the first guy i ever burned with was um on, on my 21st birthday uh, up north and he was a grower you know and and uh him and his son and, and his friends we went to this ten thousand acre like uh wild thing and we just like shooting off shotguns and you know and i was smoking me for my first time and um and then i you know i took i took back a big amount you know and uh that was um, the 200 S Thompson first experience done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was crazy. He, he was, yeah, he was like, like, this, like a ZZ top biker with a beard down to his waist and like yeah. five Harleys. And yeah, it was an interesting experience. But I, um, but I, for whatever reason, I, I've always been drawn to, to just to plants, period, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and then so like it just, it, it just, makes me feel complete you know like, like even like even talking about it just gives me like chills you know it's mm-hmm. it's, weird. it's it's really weird like like i am cannabis yeah you know? yeah no i, I feel when I, I, I at a very young age when I, I shouldn't say very young i probably started when i was probably 15 or 16 but i always wanted to do it in the woods that was where it was like where are we gonna get high a lot of my friends wanted to ride around in their car and get high i would do that with them but my thing was like can we go to the woods can we go sit in the woods and we would just go in the middle of the woods and get high and just walk around and that was just perfect like just being a part of nature that's awesome. Yeah. And uh, now have you had done any uh, psychedelics? Have you ever gotten into those? Yeah. Yeah. I I've done, um, I've done mushrooms and I've done, uh, you know, acid and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I've enjoyed it. You know, I, I was part of the LA underground scene and stuff like that. You gotcha. know, I, I grew up in Los Angeles and I threw a bunch of undergrounds and had a residency at a nightclub and, uh, so, um, so there's an Hollywood. MDMA as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah we were part of all that and um but we always had the pure stuff you know like you know like the even the mdma it was like made by these guys in holland and you know brought back oh, over yeah. and it, it and you know like the the growers for the marijuana were you know up north you know humboldt guys and mm-hmm. the 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 acid guys were the old old school guys up north too like oregon washington the old hippies you know they they made it really cool you know like it's clean like i've never had a bad trip ever Oh yeah, and I, I I thought I did when I was young. I would always talk about it as a bad trip, and then I'm in the psychedelic forum. They said if you trip, if nothing bad happened and you <laughs> learned from it, it wasn't a bad trip. And I was like, you know what? And every ba- one of my bad trips always ended really awesome. It was just the initial anxiety freaked me out, but once I got over that, I was always fine. But um, yeah. I had some great times in LSD, and like you said, the LSD in the '90s was actually really great. And I like to believe you, you know who William Leonard Pickard is. I've heard the name. Yeah, he was uh, he was friends with some of the or he acquaintance with some of the old school um, guys. I can't remember all their names, the Orange Sunshine guys and all those guys. Uh-huh. But he um, he was making LSD in the 90s. Well, he says he wasn't. He, he says he was set up. But if you re- read the story, I'm pretty sure he was definitely making the LSD. But um, he was making he was a, ke- a really good chemist and he was making pure LSD. And, and the, uh, the FBI or whatever, they said that they believe like 90 percent of the world's LSD was coming from him. And he wrote this whole book called The Rose of Paracelsus. He was doing a double life sentence in prison, and uh, which is horrible. But luckily, he got out in 2020 when they started letting people out that weren't a threat because of the uh, coronavirus. So he's out. Right on. But yeah, he was. Um, he he was. Uh, he this book, Rose of Paracelsus, was about these five chemists all over the world that are very secretive, elusive, and they they are the five people that create LSD. And it's a fiction book, but it ends with his story of his arrest. So it's like. I think he was like alluding to some real things that were going on, but yeah, the LSD was pure. And I mean, I had some of the best experiences and I I did some recently that someone gave me and I don't think it was LSD. It was, it was very similar. And I, and I did have a good time, but there was a moment where a time seemed to lapse and I, and I forgot pieces of time as did my wife. And I'm just thinking like, I've read things about these new uh, in bomb drugs that are being sold as LSD and they have some of these effects. I'm pretty sure that's what I was getting. And so I just, Uh now, now it's like mushrooms are the only ones I'll touch because I know what I'm getting. And I prefer pure, pure, you know, plant medicine anyway. Right on. Um, but yeah, I, I do wish that we uh, lived in a world where you could could have fun with these substances, these chemicals in a safe way. Like MDMA is the best example of a drug that's done so many wonders for people in their relationships. And now people are dying again from it because there's fentanyl in it. And it's like, yeah, it's a very safe it, drug if it's not if it's not adulterated. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's, uh, that's the thing. That, that's why our, like, like our pure crystalline CBD was so effective is because we, we, um, that's what, that's what we were dealing with back in, in the nineties was the, 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 um, they used to call it molecule, but it was, it was, it was a pure crystalline, uh, um, MDMA capsules, right. That, that yeah, was the, yeah. pu- that, that was the pure, right. And everybody was like the pure, pure. And that, that's, that's what we, that's what we had. So, so I've been around the pure crystalline, stuff you know since since the 90s so uh, um creating it from the cbd and all that kind of stuff from the from the cannabis plants was just second nature because i've been formulating and and extracting since uh, like 1992. wow yeah and i, I remember those pure, the pure MDMA crystal things when they first came out molly first came out we would buy them and the, the guy i buy them from actually had a test kit he would test He's like this is 90 something percent pure yeah. but then it wasn't too long before the people that were making the the drugs to sell it they realized oh do you just got to disguise it to look like the pure and then they could sell adulterated molly and that so now when you buy molly you still don't know what you're getting you can yeah, buy the test yeah. kits, but it's i really hate it you know you know what they do, do in spain a lot of people don't realize that everybody talks about portugal but spain decriminalized and i i believe 1971 or two and so they've been decriminalized for a long time and it's not legal, it's decriminalized, but they actually have government testing sites. Any drugs you buy, you can send a sample and they'll tell you exactly what's in it. And because of this, they have the best testing sites in the world. Other countries send their drugs to Spain for the testing. And because of this, 95% of street drugs in Spain are pure. And that's amazing. So it's like, if you're not going to legalize, at least decriminalize so we can get that kind of thing going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that would keep you on your game. And yeah, yeah, that, that would, that's awesome. That's beautiful. But what's happened with cannabis is, is the first step getting towards a, a world where we're not arresting people for choosing to use substances. And this cannabis movement is just amazing. Like I said, we were just in Colorado. So it was awesome to just walk into a store. It's, it's so weird, different state, like different places that have legalized are doing it all differently. And we saw this with alcohol, right? There's certain dry counties, there's different uh, tw- uh, Sunday, toward 12, all these different rules, different states. But yeah, I went to Chicago and it's like, you have to walk into a room, they give you an iPad, you buy what you purchase, pick what you want to purchase on the iPad. Then you walk into another door and they lock it behind you. You pay for it. And then they send you off to a back hallway. And I tell my wife to meet me around front. So it's like this whole weird thing, which it might just be because they're worried about crime. People getting robbed. I'm sure some of it's to do with that, but it's just like, why can't I walk in and just look at the bud and smell it and say, Oh, I want this one. No, no, you got to pick it ahead of time. And then I went to Washington DC and it was, you couldn't even get it without a card. Uh, you had to be a Washington resident. So I walked to this bar next door and I was like, I got a beer and I was like, man, I wanted to get some bud, but I guess you have to have a thing. And he, he goes, no, you just got to call the delivery service. They don't care if you have a card. So I looked up a delivery service and I called and the guy was like, where are you at? And I told him what bar I was at. And I was like, I'll be sitting out front. He's like, what are you wearing? I told him what I was wearing. He's like, all right, I'll be there. And he just shows this dude with a hoodie shows up and like with a brown bag and hands it to me. And he's like, uh, that's free, but I just need a $60 donation. And like, that's the way they get, cause it's just decriminalized there. It's not legal. Uh-huh. So I got the bud and I was like, well, that was weird, but whatever. And then the day, the day before I left, I had it in my backpack and I was going to uh, smoke it before I got on my plane and throw it away. You know, before I got to the airport and I went to the Smithsonian and I walk in and they're like, open your bag. I open it, not thinking anything about it. They're like, what is that? And I was like, oh, that's uh cannabis. And I thought it was decriminalized here. And they were like, nope, you're going to jail. And the guy came over and was like, like, what are you, what are you doing with this? I was like, I don't know. I bought it from like a legit guy. I thought it was legal here. And he's, he's just like, you're lucky that I have something going on right now that I have to handle. Just get the hell out of here. It's just scary. It's like, why are we like, this is so stupid. What is this? What I have cannabis in a backpack in the Smithsonian. What am I like? How is that going to harm anybody? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. That's the world we live in though. It's like some places you can go to Denver and get as high as you want. But that's what I love about Denver. You go, you go into the store, they, they have blood on the counter. They'll open it. They'll show it to you. They'll smell it. They'll tell you about it. And that's the way I like it. That's the way I want it to be. How is it in Arizona? it's um it's in between that you know it's like i like i finally found it like even even dispensary to dispensary is, is is different but um uh i i found one where you you know you give your id and they and then you know you walk that you go into this room and there's just a bunch of stuff and you wait for your name to be called you walk up and they show you you know the stuff and everything you know and you know you could actually hold you know the stuff in your hand you know yeah. like and and it's cool other places are like you can't hold it you can't you can't even see it you know like it's yeah. it's, in a, it's in a mylar bag you know and you can't even you just have to like trust you know that they'll tell you what percentage it is but you can't see the crystals you can't see the you know so so yeah it's it's not what i would like but it's it's, it's okay you know it's better than illegal though. that that's for sure yeah than it was I, uh, here in florida we have, we have um, medicinal and i had a card but i, I found it was just it, 
the bud was was good, whatever. But I just have a guy that's cheaper, and then I don't have to keep paying doctor visits and all that. So I I let my card expire. But my wife uh, was um you know she was dealing with some alcoholism and trying to move, and she I her doctor actually suggested cannabis, and I said, and she has a, such a low tolerance to THC. She, it's crazy. The smallest amount will get her so high. When we were in Colorado, we found a three percent that worked great for, her, but it's hard to find. I can't find it here in the medical stores. But I told her. So she went and got her medical card and I told her exactly what to buy. I looked online. I saw it. I was like, you're going to want this uh, blend, whatever this percentage. And, and I sent her into the store and what did the guy do? He talked her into none of the things I said and talked her into all this other stuff. Cause he's just some kid who's like, Oh, what's your symptoms? Oh, here's what you need. And she came out with all this really strong stuff, which I love. Cause I was like, I'll take it. But, um, but then, and then they were like, well, you actually can, I can go in with her. I found out that's the law. I can go into the store with her. So the next time I went in with her, and then I started pointing at what she wanted. They're like, sir, sir, you cannot talk. I'm like, I can't talk. I'm like, well, I, I, I had my medical card. I know what she wants. And he's like, she's like, no, because I guess they assume that it's then for me. And I'm just trying to use her medical card to get it for me. It's like, no, I know what she wants. Like, and they were, and every time I, I would try to like tap my foot, they would see me and they would be like, you're going to have to leave. If I see any more signals, it's like, well, then why even allow me in here? What's the point of me being allowed in here? If I have to just stand here, like, like I'm not here. It's just so yeah. stupid. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, the yeah the dispensaries they have to get a little bit more compassionate with with stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's medical because, here, so that's why you know they're yeah. treating it like it's an opioid or it's something that is going to be you know it's a highly addictive, dangerous drug unless you're prescribed to it, which it's ridiculous. Yeah. The opioid thing is actually it's interesting because if you if you have an opioid prescription and you work at a hospital or work for the NFL or whatever job you have, you're fine with that. With that. But if you have cannabis in your system, you're you could lose your job, even if it's legal in your state. And it's like, so, so just stick with opioids is what you're telling me. And that's basically the message is like, if you need something yeah. for pain and cannabis works, it doesn't matter. You're going to need to do the opioids, which could potentially cause addiction and withdrawal and whatever else. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And you know, and the, just making the cannabis illegal, like they did back in 1930. You know, that set us up for just a world of hurt, you know, like, like people going into all kinds of crazy conditions from cancer to pain to everything else, you know, just like, like their, their body's going to fall apart, you know, because like you have an endocannabinoid system inside your body that needs to be fed with cannabinoids or else you will operate at a suboptimal level, like you will start to break down and, and you know, and go, you know, towards death and actually die at some point. It, it's uh, it's crazy, you know. You know, uh, and your endocannabinoid system is re responsible for this thing called homeostasis, and homeostasis is basically balance in your body. So, your your endocannabinoid system is super important. Like you actually have a system in your body, right? That that mm -hmm. that that accepts cannabinoids. That's all. That's all it accepts, and then um, it works with all the other systems in your body to balance them out, so they're not out of whack. So that's why it it seemingly helps all these other things like pain or epilepsy or all, you know, all, all the things yeah. that you hear about. It, it's not that it helps all those things. It's just, those are the symptoms that people are manifesting, but they actually have a cannabinoid deficiency. Uh -huh. Their body is starving for cannabinoids. And once you give them that, just like if you give people vitamin C and they have scurvy or something, you know, they, they, that, 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 that'll go away. That they're, if, you, if you give them that, that what, what they're manifesting magically goes away. Yeah, that's incredible. I never thought about it like that. So how does that work with the glaucoma? Glaucoma, so glaucoma, you're saying is actually being affected by your cannabinoid, uh, endocannabinoid system? Yeah, 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 yeah. You have, uh, you have cannabinoid receptors like in your eyes, but yeah, you have cannabinoid receptors all over your body, like, like your third dermal layer down. That's why it works at point of contact so good with topicals. But like inside your bones your bone marrow inside all your organs like you have cb1 and cb2 cannabinoid receptors all all, all over your body from literally from your head to your toes and from, from your skin all the way into your organs wow and every every mammal that has a vertebrae has cannabinoid receptors really that's that's really that's really fascinating and now, animals in the wild will f seek out certain drugs, but I imagine c cannabis can't be broke down if it's just eaten, correct? Like it has to be either cooked or mixed with alcohol or some to, to release the the active ingredients. Is that? Um, well, to 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 make the the THC uh, psychoactive, you know, um, that then you have to do that, or to um, to, to the they have what's called an acid molecule 
um, attached to them, like it's CHCA and CBDA. Mm-hmm. And when and, and then when it's heated up to a certain temperature, you know, but not too high because it'll kill the cannabinoids, then then that 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 acid molecule falls off and it becomes like that 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 delta nine THC or and then it just just CBD without being CBDA. So they um so and, and those do have like uh uh, you know beneficial properties but the cbda and thca have their own beneficial properties as well you know especially with 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 uh pain inflammation and all kinds of stuff like that and that's what a lot of sickness and disease comes from is from inflammation within your body you know yeah so and that's one of the things i said like well, people that weren't smoking all kinds of weed before 1937 and you know and, and some of them were but but cannabis before 1937 was the most prescribed uh, substance by doctors and medical doctors and homeopaths and everybody. And, and I, I, that's why you sell all those old school like tincture bottles, you know, mm-hmm. like the big, the bigger ones, you know, and, and they, and, and they had, and they were alcohol based, you know, which is like this sort of similar to what I do. So it's like an old school extraction, you know, and, and then they made it illegal, you know, you know, but, but it was the most prescribed thing before. And then also farmers were required to grow uh, 20% of their farm. Um, they, they, had, they had to grow uh, as uh, hemp. And hemp was the feed that was given to all the cattle and all the different livestock. So they were getting it in, into them and then you were eating their meat and you were getting it into you, you know? So there's all kinds of ways that people were getting it into their systems. And, and that's why people were healthier before because it was just all around and part of your diet. Uh, and. Yeah. And now it's just like banned and your endocannabinoid system is starving and people are just, since 1937, it's just like the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, like every year it's getting worse and worse and worse because there's less, you know, you know, less and less people that that had the cannabinoid supplementation. Now, it's interesting to me, like, how did they go from banning cannabis? None of it makes sense, but at least the psychoactive cannabis, you can get why they they like to go after those kind of things. But hemp was also outlawed. And hemp, while it does have a small amount of THC, it's not enough to get anybody high. It doesn't have really any psychoactive properties, but it was outlawed until just recently. How did they go about getting that done? Yeah, it was sort of like how things are right now like when the rona hit and there was this coordinated campaign where everybody was saying the same thing on the news and everything like that right the same thing happened in 1937 so this is that's not a new phenomenon the same same exact thing happened in 1937 they asked um like in the united states they asked a panel of of like over 50 like prominent doctors like the most prominent doctors mds in in the united states it's like should we ban cannabis and hemp and you know etc and all of them but two said no we should not because it had so valuable right. you know but medicinally and everything and they decided to ban it anyways because it was taken away from the rockefeller you know pharmaceutical industry and then like like as far as the hemp you know rope and clothing and 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 fuel and everything else like 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 burning like like burning oil and lamps and like like like, like longer and cheaper and everything else you know so so every industry every major industry was like screw hemp or and cannabis you know like like you know and get and and they were glad to get the hemp out along with the cannabis you know yeah you, so, you know yeah, because they, you know, like yeah. the cotton industry the oil industry Every every industry, you know, the pharmaceutical industry, because because the pharmaceuticals are oil based, and that and that and that's Rockefeller, you know. Yeah. So it was a coordinated campaign, um, not just in the United States, but in 1937, it was banned all over the world in all of Europe, in India, in Australia, in New Zealand. It was a coordinated campaign. Wow, that's that's just really awful how it happened but and also i heard i've heard things about this william randolph hearst guy that he controlled the papers and he had invested interest with these companies to get rid of hemp also so he used his papers to spread propaganda uh-huh so i mean it's it's, it's what it's been since the beginning of this whole thing was just it's been massive propaganda uh fear tactics and just really ridiculous how we've um and the doctors also said the same thing about opioids when they were like we can't you can't prescribe addicts heroin anymore and the doctors are like well the problem is is these people are live fun- very functional lives with their heroin addiction it's not ideal they don't want them to be on heroin but they said if they don't give them the heroin they're going to go to the streets their prices are going to be go skyrocket high they won't be able to afford their addictions they'll have to turn to crime and their family life will fall apart and exactly what they said it would happen is exactly what happened now addiction looks like what when you watch a show like intervention which is a horrible show but when you watch it 
you see what addiction looks like within a black market, but they sell it as if, if, as if the black market ended, it would be this times 10. And it's like, no, it would be this, but much safer and people will live healthier yeah. lives. And now you look at the FDA is doing, I mean, this week has been really, really tough for, for so many reasons, but like me and my wife, we jewel. When I drink, I jewel. I used to smoke cigarettes. Now they've banned jewels. So we went and bought a bunch of packs. But once we're out, we're either gonna have to quit, switch vapes, which they're trying to now attack other vape companies. And I don't know what the point of this is. I know there's a lot of fear about vapes because kids are vaping and blah, blah, blah. But it's like cigarettes are worse. When I was a kid, we smoked cigarettes and nobody gave a shit. Like they didn't come out and help us and stop banning cigarettes. Nope, they're still available. You can buy cigarettes at Walgreens, but not a jewel. So this happens. I'm about to make a big post and go off about this. And then Roe v. Wade's overturned. I'm like, well, now this just seems trivial. I can't come out and bitch about jewels when this is happening. So this has just been a tough week. And also I'm fighting for Kratom because Kratom has helped so many people. I have a friend that was addicted to fentanyl and he is now completely, well, not completely sober. He uses Kratom now, which is so much safer and better. And the FDA is trying to ban that. How many people if, they, if when Kratom is banned will turn back to opioids, which are not available at all anymore in the doctor's office? That means street opioids, which means fentanyl, which means more people will die. And we're seeing this play out. So it's like this tug of war with the drug war ending. It's like, it's about to end. We're seeing it. Nope. It's, we're going back the other way. No, we're going. It's like back and forth. Yeah, it's crazy. And and, and it's, it's all a game, you know, because the FDA is just a revolving door for the pharmaceutical industry and everybody else. Like it just last week, also, they they, they um, just moved the goalpost for CBD. They, they said they're not going to they're not, they're not going to um, make any decision on it to to make it uh like like completely a dietary supplement but but not uh, not illegal so it's still sort of like in this in this weird zone where, where it's you know it's, it's, sort, it's sort of like other supplements where it's not complete it's, it's it's not completely anything so it's not completely it's not illegal but it's not actually a dietary supplement so it's in, in this limbo and they just pushed it off for another year or two you know like, like instead of deciding on it you know and yeah. uh so like like but, but I'm I'm I don't know if you're the same way but I I feel like it shouldn't be regulated at all you know it should be deregulated like like you should not have to regulate the, a, a a plant like cannabis or hemp you know yeah or or kratom and here's what yeah, it is yeah. I, I think what we need is just and even jewel cigarettes whatever it is we just need uh, honesty so if something comes out and they say people like to jewel but we found out it can cause high blood pressure blah 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 and potentially be addicting whatever it is just make sure the warnings are on the box make sure the consumer understands the risks and then allow them to make a decision for themselves this goes with cannabis we already we already do this with cigarettes and alcohol which are two of the most dangerous substances and even as dangerous as they are, I would never fight to regulate them harsher and say we shouldn't do them. No, people like to drink. Now, I think maybe we should stop advertising and make it look so cool to do. Like every, so, it's expected too much in society. But as far as access to it, we need people to make the they make decisions for themselves as adults, whether they drink alcohol, whether they smoke cigarettes. So the idea that well, cannabis is is cannabis is much safer than alcohol. I believe vaping is much safer than smoking actual cigarettes, and especially for people who are non-smokers. Which would you rather sit beside someone? smoking a cigarette or someone hitting a vape yeah and i think vapes are a great compromise for uh in public spaces where people that are addicted to nicotine can enjoy their nicotine without having to go walk you know 30 yards to some weird you know place for the lepers they can just sit and hit a little jewel which is unoffensive but that's not how it works now that they've been smoking you get kicked out of places for vaping i was kicked out in aspen i was hitting my vape on a rooftop bar and nobody else was around us but me and my wife and one of our friends. And nobody around us, rooftop, wind's blowing, and I hit my vape, and the bouncer comes up, and it's just like, uh, you cannot be vaping here. And I was like, that's, that's, I was like, why? Explain to me why. He's like, it's just the rule. I was like, that's this ridiculous rule. I'm outside. It's like, so I just cashed out and left. I was like, I'm just not, I'm not gonna, like, this is just so just insane to me. Yeah. It, goes, it goes back to the, well, we don't allow smoking. So when vaping started, well, do we allow this? And, and much more likely, it's just human nature to be like, nope, we've closed that door. We're not opening it up for anything similar. So, yeah, it's crazy. Definitely. But um, that's the world that we've kind of created, right? The, this pro world of prohibition. And now we're seeing a tug of war back and forth. And I, and I don't know, I don't know what the, the exact answer is because I say dec decriminalization is the best thing. What Oregon did, that's the first step. Let's decriminalize. Let's stop arresting people for their personal drug use. But then cartels are still being funded. And if you buy cocaine, that's the one, one thing I have a problem with with drugs like cocaine is cocaine. If you choose to do it, that's that's your choice. You know, if you enjoy it, that's fine. But the problem is, is if you buy that drug, you are supporting a murderous cartel that also is involved in sex trafficking and everything else. But you could also blame the government for not allowing you access to anywhere other than buying it from them. It's, it's just such a hard conversation to have with people that are i've been brainwashed to be so anti-drug and so 
like when you bring up legal cocaine, people lose their minds if they don't understand or if they've never done it. I mean, I've done cocaine. I don't really enjoy it that much, but uh, it wasn't, it's not as crazy as I think it sounds. When people hear cocaine, they think, oh, that's some hard drug. It's like, yeah, it's, it's just gets you really excited for no reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm, right no, I'm, yeah. uh, you know, see, I'm not, I'm not sitting here trying to be like, we should, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of drugs like cocaine and stuff like that, but I just think we shouldn't arrest people for making these decisions. That's the big thing. But um, I know you're involved in health and wellness. So for you, I imagine cocaine's not going to be a, a healthy life that you're going to, you know, but um, yeah. One of the cool things though, um, that, that we've done with uh, our, like the can, the the um, CBD and the for the full the full spectrum or full extract cannabis oil that that we have that I have is um, I have worked with some drug rehab cl- clinics and I like like one specifically um, called House of the Rising Sun in um, uh, San Clemente, California, and uh, um, we've had really great success helping people to get off of uh, heroin and um, meth uh, and. Uh, they, it, it's one of the, it's, it's like one of the um, places where they, it's, it's, it's a Christian based place. So like the pastor actually came to me, he's like, we're, you know, we don't, you know, I don't really know anything about this stuff, you know, and, um, but uh, I heard good things about what you're doing and the, the drugs that, you know, the medical drugs that we're giving people are, are doing them more harm than good. So, you know, we're willing to try what you're, do, what you're doing, you know? So, and that was the pastor, you know, saying this, you know, because the pastor owns the, owns the thing. Mm-hmm. But anyway, anyways, so we, we've had them on there. I gave them a protocol. That's one of the cool things about our company is we give people protocols on how to take our stuff. Right. So I gave them the protocol and the, they, they let me actually go down there to the to to the um the place it's one of those little six bed places where they come in hot they come in high and stuff like mm-hmm. that you know and um and they let me talk to the to the um uh the patients or whatever you want to call them um by myself without anybody being there without any like supervisors or anything so they could really open up to me yeah and um and it was like, you know, because you, ha- you have an endocannabinoid system that needs to be fed and blah, 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 blah. So you're missing something if you don't take it, right? So one, one of the things I would tell them, you know, because they felt good. And I, I had a, a, this uh, this really awesome uh, CBD vape that just like super relaxes you. Like this, like this, like if you're, if you're like, then it just fucking boom, like like instantly within seconds. So, uh, and, and they love that. But I would, I, I, I told them, you know, like, or, or would tell them, like, hey, you know, you feel like, you know, you take drugs, you feel like you're missing something, you know, like, like, some, like, like something's missing. And that's why you seek out, you know, other things. And you're right. Something was, and it's this, it's, it's the cannabinoids. It's, it's the CBD. It's, you know, and I explain what I just explained to you, you know, about, a, you know, about you needing it and the endocannabinoid system, all that. And, um, and you can see like a sense of relief and it was sort of still naughty a little bit too, you know, so they, yeah. but they, but they would take that and, like I still have people because because that was a few years ago that we did that little study kind of a thing, and I still have those people. Like they graduated, they graduated from the second place, you know, that the out that you know where, where you, you know the, the halfway house kind of thing, you know, where, where you're living and working, and then and then and one one of the guys actually ended up buying that that uh um that rehab center. Um, that that was that was, that was a patient at, at wow. first, is, and, and um and he still buys from me, you, you know awesome. now. It, it's it's crazy so so it it's it, so so plant so, you know plant-based um you know substances you know whatever therapeutic substances have their place you know definitely and it's much safer than the pharmaceuticals oh definitely i mean our we you know we've evolved through millions of years living in in with nature we just recently have separated ourselves from nature so this idea that our drugs our pharmaceutical drugs could work better than something in the natural world is ridiculous and you know the old you know healers of the past they've known this they've had all the recipes for different you know all different plants and different medicines and cannabis has always been one of them and um now it does make me wonder about opioids obviously drugs like heroin that are potent extractions of the original plant are much more dangerous than the than the poppy itself but even the poppy itself can be addicting um but i wonder because i've talked to i had a guy on my podcast david poses and um he wrote the weight of air and he was a heroin addict but he quit many times on his own he was able to quit and he quit for months but he just was extremely depressed when he didn't have it just he's like this makes me happy and i wonder for some people if what you're talking about with the cannabinoid system in your body being, you know, needing those cannabinoids because it's lacking, we also have an opioid system. And I wonder if there's just some people that need the opioid to, to, to 
to connect. And this is why, again, I think Kratom is a great thing because it's less addicting, it's not lethal, and it can help those opioid system problems. Yeah. Yeah. I know some people that like they swear by Kratom, like there's even like a red, a green and whatever, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and that like, I know, I know guys that, you know, like they, they sell it, that's their business and stuff like that. And they've, you know, they, they've been part of the thing, like over the years fighting for it, you know, with the government, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, but what you just said about the, the heroin, there's, there's two girls that I met when I was younger, we, we used to compete in powerlifting and, um, you know, we were pretty wild, whatever. And, you know, and we met these two, two girls that were, uh, they, they had this house, like, you know, when, you know, when you're younger, 21 or whatever, and the, the person that has the house without any parents or anything, yeah. like that, that's, that's the party house, whatever. So, right. so they were sort of like the party house a little bit, but, um, they were beautiful, almost like models, and they both took heroin, and you would never know it. Like they had, they were the most responsible people. Like they, they like they paid, like, like they had a house, they paid their rent, you know, like they had cars, they had, you know, more than pretty much everybody that would go visit them, you know, and uh, and nobody ever knew that they did heroin except for me and my friend, you know, yeah. and and because uh, you could never know it, they're just like that's what they used to, just to function and everything. And I remember one year they even like. They had a heroin dealer out in Hollywood, you know, and uh, and they even took him like Thanksgiving dinner because he was by himself, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, so so they cooked a little thing, and they were always so nice, and and I knew them for a few years, and I and I never, you know, I I moved, I ended up moving, but I, they they never like fell, you know, in the time right. that I knew them, you know, they were they just were functional and happy. Yeah. Uh, this, that's how people are now that there is a difference they I had it my buddy that i talked about he was just on the podcast because he's now um you know off of the the opioids um but he he was addicted to oxycontin and he was very very highly functional on oxycontin because a regular supply a regular regulated dose he, he was worked he opened he had his own tv business really great once they took the, the those off the market that's when he got into the fentanyl because it was cheap and easy to access and that's when his life on um, uh, you know, begin to spiral out of control. And so we finally got off of it. But this is where Kratom's amazing because he might have a problem with his, uh, his opioid system in his body, but Kratom fills it now instead of the hard stuff. So like That's this awesome. is a great plant. And I think, um, I, I just, I don't think we should ban it. If anything, they could, they maybe could take it off as far as like we have Kratom bars and it's kind of a party thing for young kids that can't drink alcohol at 21. If they're 18, they can go to a Kratom bar. So it's this huge social event happening now with like open mics for 18 to 21 year olds and it's, they're serving Kratom. And it's like that kind of atmosphere that might push it in the wrong, might push the FDA. Like, I don't have a problem with it personally, but I don't yeah. want it that kind of thing to happen where the FDA goes, all right, enough's enough. We're getting kids addicted and shut it down when it's actually helping people. So using it as a party drug when it could be just a really good medicine for people who need it. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. They actually have one of those over in Scottsdale. Um, that I went to, I went to this like, silver and gold coin shop, you know, mm -hmm. just to check it out. And I was next door was like, What's what's this? And and it was a it was a kava kava slash yeah, kratom what, bar. Yeah, they're kava, they're called kava bars here. They're all called kava houses, but they all have kratom. And I think they make yeah. more money from kratom than they do kava. Yeah, and and there were like people all in there. And my, my I'm 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 familiar with kava, you know, because my my friend um, he works for a nutraceutical company that grow, grows a really like pure kava this, this extract you know and and so I, so i have it so i was like hey let's go in there it, it, it was sort of cool you know it was like a like a fun atmosphere you know and yeah. people have people seem like they were having fun there was no you know nobody all like drunk or anything you know so oh, it's definitely it, it, a better atmosphere than the than alcohol bar the serving alcohol even though i work in yeah. those bars i play music in those bars and i i do enjoy drinking in those bars but yeah the kava bars you the open mics and the music that's happened it's much more creative because this isn't just drunk people trying to this is either people that are just almost i wouldn't say sober because of the kratom but it's, it's way more sober than a drunk person i mean they're just having a good time and i, I like i say i don't have any problem with these i just worry that went without the way our country works is when something becomes too popular and it's just for fun, they don't like fun. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Like, that was that, that's how you define puritanism. Uh, was that, it was that, who was that? I can't remember his name. Um, but he said, he said, puritanism is defined as the haunting fear that someone somewhere is having a good time. And that seems to be that, that, but hopefully we're taking, turning a corner from that. But you know, right now our, our country is just going through so much right now. And, and I really worry more than anything is the, the divide in the country. I see people on, on Facebook that I agree with their points that they're, they're on my side of what, what I agree with. And they're making really good points, but then they end, end it with you fucking nitwit or whatever they say. And it's like, dude, you just, you just took away from everything you said by, by throwing out these horrible, uh, you know, 
calling people names and, and sinking to the level of, and it's not just the level of their side. It's now become the level of both sides. Both sides are being ridiculous on the, on the extremes. It's like, no guys, we have to at least believe that we are all brothers and sisters here and we yeah. have to, you know, get along on some level because we're, nothing's going to happen. And if we can't agree, you know, that's, that's the problem. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's what very well said. Well, Al, I guess I'm going to let you go. Um, but uh, is, is there anything you wanted to add before I let you go? No, you know, um, I really love what you're doing and the, and the mission of your podcast. And I really want to thank you for uh, allowing me to be on here and you know, share some knowledge. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for being. It was great to meet you. And um, I'm definitely I'm going to go on myfitlife.net and I'm going to check out some of your products because I think it might actually help my wife with her anxiety. I'm, awesome. You know, awesome. Something like that. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for being on here. Okay, thank you. All right. Later. All right, right on, man. All right. Peace. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, peace, Nicks. As always, if you like what we're doing here, go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Peace on Drugs Podcast. Go to www.thepeaceondrugs.com slash subscribe to subscribe to our newsletter. Thank you so much for being a part of this with me and listening to the podcast. I'm going to let Twiggy Branches take us on out. What you get, you pay for what you can't. Yeah.